Looking for a new show to dive into? Well, go to Hulu and see what's new, because Hulu has new stuff all the time. Like the full season of FX's epic limited series Shogun, FX's new international spy thriller The Veil, starring Emmy and Golden Globe winner Elizabeth Moss. And don't miss the all-new crime series Under the Bridge, inspired by shocking true events and starring Riley Keough and Lily Gladstone. It's all new, and it's streaming now on Hulu. Here you are, BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Well, and that's why I think it's important to examine the possibilities and the reasons why this has not been solved. And I think one thing that we can get into, Captain, and part of it that that we talked about last week was I kept referencing maybe the investigators have just been unlucky. Maybe, you know, because you see this and you're like, "We we got the video. We got the voice. We have eyewitness statements. Well, they worked with FBI, and 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 again, they might have DNA. And I'm gonna I'm gonna quit saying might. I'm gonna go with they do. Okay, I think that probably very quickly into this thing, they realized that they had DNA, and they thought this thing was going to be over and done very quickly. And then it took a while, and they realized this dude's not in any of the systems. We can't we can't track this guy down. That we have nothing to compare it to. And I think that's why you see there was a delay in putting, uh, take taking that still image and then releasing the actual short little video there. Mm-hmm. And then there's the delay between that short that that still image and the sketch, the original sketch that comes out. Because what that didn't come out till what June or July of the year of the crime. Mm-hmm. There were several months that went by. So here's one thing where I I wonder that one thing let's get into a bunch of things where they've been where investigators may have just been unlucky one the no match of dna we've already talked about that mm-hmm. two i think i'm starting to think that the bridge guy's appearance on the pixelated video may almost give a false sense of his actual true appearance and i think that that's working in his favor and working against investigators for one thing when you first see the video, right? When you saw the still image, didn't you think we were looking for like a pudgy guy, like kind of a kind of a fluffy fat guy? Mm-hmm. Or or at least slightly overweight? But then later when they released the video and you see the individual walking, you can see that those pants are the the jeans are a lot baggier than what his actual legs may require. Right. When you see that leg move, you almost see that the legs are, are much thinner than those jeans. Chicken legs. And then you have to wonder how many layers of clothing is that's the thing that I wonder why 
if for some reason he did stand out and he must have in some form or fashion because we have witnesses or believed witnesses that think that they saw him on one of the trails. I, I don't know that it, the, the detecting factor for them would be that, oh, I saw a guy with wet jeans because we went through that conversation last week. You may not have been able to visually see and determine that his jeans were wet. Right. They may have just appeared to be a darker shade of blue, but it was a warm day for February. To me, the guy looks at least on the, you know, the upper half of him looks to be very overdressed for the temperature that day. It almost appears that he's wearing a hoodie or, or something of significance underneath a jacket. Mm. And one thing going in his favor too, here again, I believe that there's, there's a collar to that jacket. There's a part of that jacket that's sticking up at one point and he's looking down to watch his feet, his foot placement on that bridge that's concealing his face a little bit. He may be wearing a hat or that might just be wearing a hoodie with the hood up. That I I feel like we're, we're getting a false sense of his true appearance because it is a pixelated video. Now here's, here's the thing you were talking about. Do we have more video footage? I think that there's more video and this is pure speculation. Okay pure speculation. Don't, don't don't put on the blog untrue. I'm saying it. This might not be true. I'm just guessing here. I think that they have more video footage. Unfortunately, I don't think that there's so much video to watch. What I mean by that is I think that shortly after Libby was filming this guy on Mm -hmm. the bridge and he's very quickly making his way. We're not seeing that clip in real speed. I don't care what anybody says. I We cannot believe we're seeing that at real speed. Mm-hmm. I think at some point she had to conceal her phone from him. Either hold it in a way that she's not filming or it's not obvious to him that he's being caught on camera. Or she stuck it in her pocket. And that might that might be the reason why we're hearing the words and it sounds muffled guys down the hill. It may sound muffled because it might be in her pocket. Right. And I think that her, I think that she, that the video was running and filming. It just might not have had anything additional to film because it was concealed in her pocket. Mm -hmm. And I think that her phone went dead so quickly. Anybody that's run the camera feature, I mean, well, camera feature and or the video feature, mm-hmm. the video recording feature on their phone, realize that that kills your phone very quickly. Yeah. And they were saying very quickly, her calls were going straight to voicemail. They weren't ringing anymore. And I, I think that this guy very likely did not know that he was filmed, did not know that his voice was, was caught on her, right, on mean- her phone. And, and he left the phone there because look, I don't want to give this asshole any credit, but he's smart enough. He, he he's smart enough that he's got away with this so far. Well, and, let's not say smart because that, that that's one of the things. Or lucky keep, enough. Well, I I think I got a better word for you. I, one of the things that they were kind of talking about in, in profiling this individual is he organized or disorganized, and so I think there's a lot of evidence that shows that he's organized, uh, and then but then not taking the phone, that seems like disorganization. Well, you could take that either way. I was thinking about that too. 
not taking the phone, you go, oh, that's disorganized. He didn't didn't plan it out, didn't put much thought into it. What if he, what if he did put thought into it in advance and he said, I'm not taking any of their phones because what if they trace their phones? They can trace, you know, what if they follow the pings on their phones to me because I took them with me? What if, what if he destroyed her phone at the scene, not knowing that it captured any of his image or anything like that? Cause the right. phone's dead by that point. Or if he just, just left it there or tossed it in the water. Yeah. And it, Ooh, tossed in the water is an interesting thing too, because we talked about the clothing, right? The victim's clothing last week we were talking about where they found clothed, where they found not in the nude yeah, right. where they found uh, was the clothing in fact ever even found if if they were it w- if it wasn't on their person i still don't know the answer to that but uh-huh. i did find i did find some info that was saying that um clothing may have been found in the creek and this would be the point of deer creek that would be nearest where their bodies were found mm-hmm. so when it's but again it's a very vague broad statement of clothing found in creek we we don't know if it belonged to the victims we don't know if in fact that there was clothing found in the creek but what i can say this is when when they were searching for the girls there were helicopters that were flying overhead and they were filming some of the search that was going on for the girls they they'd not found the bodies yet you can clearly see three or four searchers. And the reason why you can see them is because they're wearing those, those, those red like suits, head to toe suits. They're wearing these red suits and they're in the water and there's clearly, there's something there with them. They're, they're examining something that they found there. Again, that could have been the victim's clothing could have been an item discarded by the killer that belonged to him. It could have been yeah. Libby's it have, phone. It could have been a weapon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. One Something of the, was found in that water. We don't. We just don't know what the significance is. One of the rumors I kept hearing this week was that they were actually found, um, but they were wearing each other's clothes. So whatever they were wearing before, it switched. And again, this is you know just one of those random rumors, and then it becomes, well, weren't they both wearing jeans? Is it possible that the shirts were just changed? Um, who knows? Um, but yeah, I mean, there's, again, there's... We, we talked about that a bit. And to me, that would almost imply that the killer redressed them. Right. Or dressed them. It doesn't have to mean that. But, that, but, but that's, that's what where I'm saying your mind like goes. The, they're uh, size-wise, they're different size girls and and... But I could see a, a situation where, you know, the the pants were put back on correctly, but maybe the shirts weren't. So, well, yeah, Abby but such had a that, weird rumor that zip up sweatshirt. Yeah, so it is. It's a weird rumor. It's one of those. It's one of those things that when you first read that or see that, it kind of you're like, whoa, yeah, whoa, what is was... what is this? And then. I really start thinking about it. I'm like, well, we have a very short window of time and there's a chance that a lot of things might have had to take place during that short window of time. I don't know that. I don't know that we have the time to redress the victim and get that wrong afterward. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, and, and again, the source that I 
have gone back to, I, I brought this up and again, it was something that they just didn't want to comment on. But normally that, like I said, there's been several times where I've said, oh, you know, I've asked questions, they don't want to comment on it. And that normally meant it was, it was correct. So, but I guess I shouldn't assume that. Well, and for anybody out there wondering where we're coming up with this info, because, you know, I'm sure somebody's going, well, they've not released even the cause of death for either girl. They've, they've not released very many things true to the crime scene. Right. So what is this stuff you're even talking about? Well, the the way that this works from my understanding is that some of, keep in mind, there were search parties out there looking for these little girls. Some of these rumors are believed to have stemmed from people that were actually involved in the search Yeah, and may have found the girls or may have been in, there was a team across the Creek at the same time that the team on the other side found the girls. So we have this whole thing where we have multiple people that were in that area may have seen something that's not been released to the public and may have spoke and told somebody else of what they saw, what they witnessed during those searches. Well, or again, or again, we have just made up stuff from, from people elsewhere that are, that are claiming to have heard something. Yeah. But it's also such a small town. 3,000, 3,500 people, yeah. something like that. And it's just like like we've talked a little bit about it, but like the Pike County murders um, happened in an area where I used to work but, you know, a long time ago. I'd work one day a week in that, in that town, and just knowing some people from that town, the rumors that I heard uh, were not things that you would hear. I mean, it would have made a fascinating... Um, probably 10 part episodes on, on the rumors that I heard. Oh, you, you heard like hours of like, rumors. We're talking detailed, detail, detailed names. theories yeah. with people's names and motives and why they did this and why they did that. Why what's, what's still, what's still going on today. That's yeah. in relation to this specific theory. And you heard multiple theories that some of them would have taken three hours to explain. Yeah. And then, then when the news broke that they solved it, it was none of them. It was none of those theories. It was, yeah. And the, <laughs> uh, I'll try to make the long story short. Basically, there was tons of these rumors based off of this guy that I worked for. Um, and there was all these weird rumors surrounding him. And, and I worked for him for a long time. So I ended up calling him after I heard all these rumors and ask him what he thought it was. Mm-hmm. Um, because this guy... I was very close to the family. Uh, every member of that family, adult-wise, actually worked for him at some point, you know, as like a freelance contractor or whatever. And he simply said to me that he thought that the involvement, this was all based around the custody of of that girl. And when he said that, and, he, and this guy is a guy that he likes to exaggerate everything. So you would think that he would want to tell these crazy tall tales. He said, no, I simply think it was a, a dispute based off of um, custody. Mm-hmm. And then once they arrested the family up in what, Alaska, that's pretty much what it all, you know, the Pike County murders was all about was that custody issue. Um so, so it's strange. I heard a million rumors and, and they were fascinating and there were great tall tales. Um, and that's what I'm afraid that is going to start happening here. 
Well, I mean, in a sense, it has a little bit where you have all these people that are now considered suspects by the public and then never publicly cleared by law enforcement. I'm guessing they've checked these people and probably not too interested in a lot of them. Um, but you, not only did you have that with the arrest of certain individuals, you also had that with the search warrants that were being filed and executed very quickly after this, this case broke. Right. Right. So the, the first one that hit the news was a, a home, a property on bicycle bridge road was searched on February 16th, three days after they went missing, two days after they were found. Mm -hmm. This location is approximately five miles from the Monon High Bridge, a nine-minute drive from the area. This was searched, and I don't know I don't know what their outcome was. I mean, obviously, no arrests were made in this in this search. But then you have another search that took place in a town called Peru, Indiana. This one took place on February 25th. This is a different, a good amount away. This is 37 miles away, a 56 minute drive from the bridge. The third search took place in Lebanon, which I think one of the, one of the suspects or one of the suspects friends that we were talking about last week, Garrett Kurtz. Yeah was from Lebanon, which is not, um, so this says my notes say 54 miles is the fastest route. And the, so this would be an hour and six minute drive from the bridge. I do want to point out with the Lebanon search, the, the papers were saying that they were uncertain of the, the exact date that the search warrant was executed, uncertain of the exact address known which makes me wonder if it is in fact connected to the Delphi murders or if it was just a search that was executed and people, people's, you know, minds right, right. Were, were, were filling in the blanks and, and that's what they came up with. But obviously one that was connected was the fourth search and probably the most public of all four searches was in Delphi, Ron, Ronald Logan's property, but they didn't execute that sort search warrant until March 17th. Now, we all know that Logan eventually gets arrested for illegally operating his vehicle. But, I mean, this is a guy, if he's not connected, which I don't think that he, I don't think he looks like bridge guy. I don't think his physical description looks like bridge guy. I don't think his facial or hair looks anything like what I'm seeing on that little bit of, little bit of footage on Libby's phone. Um, so if this guy is not connected, he's been looked at very thoroughly. He's been arrested on other charges. We have to believe that if in fact they are, well, he would have been arrested before you would be required to give the, the DNA, I guess. I'm assuming now that he's in prison that, that they have that. We know that his property's been searched. But one thing I, d I didn't get to real well with the, the footage on Libby's phone, I think that you probably have a lot of audio and I want to get into the audio here in just a second. But the reason why I think that we, we only have a very short period of actual video that we can watch and view mm -hmm. as opposed to video of the inside of her shirt pocket or pants pocket is look, the, the video that they released is not great. Remember I said, maybe the bridge guy got lucky that his, 
his appearance, his true appearance is not well depicted in that short camera footage. Right. And, and maybe investigators just got unlucky with that. And even though Libby did her best to, to try to out this guy, maybe we're only seeing that short clip because that might be close to what all that they have. You have to believe that they would show us one of the better versions of, of, of him. Right. Right. Because they could pull the audio out and yeah. just show us the image. And here's what I also wonder too, captain, we're going back to the audio. You might have that, that might be a part of the, the tricky part of not answering these questions for the public. When they go, oh, you got to have more video, right? Well, we can't confirm that or deny it. They're not lying. They may have more video. It's just 39 minutes of 40 minutes of video is is unwatchable. Right. It's blacked out. Yeah. And then on top of that, so so for the audio, then people go, well, do you have more audio? Well, they might. But here's my opinion, too. If, if, you, if this guy, if Bridge Guy had a gun, if he had a firearm, there might be a decent amount of talking at the very early parts of that abduction. And the closer they get to the murder part of the abduction, the less talking is going to go on, at least from the perpetrator. In my mind, he's going to direct them as he goes. And unless they are, unless they are, you know, trying to talk him out of whatever he's going to do, there might not be a ton of audio from him. Now, I do find some of the stuff regarding cell phones to be very, very interesting in this case. Mm -hmm. So what we were able to determine and find was actual footage of Mike Patty. He's the grandfather of of Libby. He's he's talking the night that they are missing. He's being interviewed for the news the night that they are missing. Yeah. And he's talking about they have already checked her Snapchat and her social media. So as terrifying as that is to think about, we do know that by that point before midnight that night, his family, the Germain family, the German family, I'm sorry, had seen the Snapchat photo taken from two Oh seven PM of Abby on the bridge. Right. They were probably following her on Snapchat. Like they were connected. Yeah. Yeah, and so during that same interview is when he says that her phone had pinged around town a couple of times. He does go on to say, let me see here, his exact words. I don't know exactly what time that interview was taking place because I, I don't think that it was live. I think it was filmed and then played. But in the interview, he's saying that the phone went dead, stopped pinging about four or five hours ago. Okay. And that broadcast that I'm talking about, it came out before midnight that night. So this is where everybody got all worked up and got all concerned about the, the Mike Patty's words. A couple of things. Some people came out and said, oh, the family had Libby's phone. No, that's not what he says. Listen to his words. He says, we were checking her social media accounts. We were checking... Things yeah. that, that we could check without having her phone. My thought is because of her age, they either had her passwords and her login information. Or they followed her, right? Right. So they could then just see what she posted. But I think 
the, I think it's more in depth. I think they probably had her login information or passwords, but I also think maybe if they didn't know that the the sister knew, and and then the that way they could just check that stuff, you know, because because they, how are they going to have, how are they going to have her phone, uh, the night that they go missing when they haven't even been found yet. Right. Right. But, but but that's the thing though. People mishear things and rather than double checking it, they well, just, sometimes people are they just, stupid, right? They just roll okay. with it. They just run with it. And they're like, Oh, he said they have her phone. And then, then, mm-hmm. then they're like, well, that's weird. Why would they, ha-? you know, then they're <laughs> right. starting to think that the family's involved. The family's not involved. Okay. The family didn't kill these girls. Well, the, the direct family that we know of, right? It, yeah, but, but but again, then... There's not a lot of suspicious on the outside members, I'm just saying. But even even take that a step further, then they're not covering for anybody either. Right. You know what I mean? There's no, there's no realistic reason to believe anybody would cover for anybody if, if you have those ties to the victims. It just doesn't make any sense. No. So... So they didn't have her phone. We know that. It's just something that people misread, people misunderstood, and then created that rumor. And then on top of that, with it pinging, with her phone pinging in more than one location through town, it wasn't, the phone wasn't traveling around that night. It wasn't going anywhere. And as Kelsey later explains in her YouTube video, the town is so small that in certain areas, if you walk from one side of your property to the other side of your property, your your phone will ping off of two different towers, because that's just just the if you look at the cell phone tower information in that area, it makes sense. Well, it right. totally makes sense. Right, and I think this is not information that she just knew. I think this is information that that they probably got from FBI or right. or some kind of law enforcement. Now, the other thing with that, though, too, then some people go, well, the, the, the German family, they seem to be going into panic mode very quickly. It was only a very short uh-huh. period of time that, you know, we're talking, we talked about the timeline the other day. It's it, the longest that you can stretch it out is less than two hours mm-hmm. from drop off time to, to the time where you're almost in full search mode. You're, you're a little over two hours. You're now alerting other family members. New family members are showing up to the scene looking for the little girls. And then by 5.30, so at the very earliest that they got dropped off, 130, 1.30, 1.30, 1.40, somewhere in that time range, and then reported missing to the police by 5.30 that night. Some people suggesting that they're sounding the alarm very quickly. But I think the problem with that is- girl. It's a little girl, and I, I don't think people are putting enough thought into it. So, you know, when you and I did, we, you and I did the exercise last week where we were, we were playing this scenario out, out loud, talking through it. We're going, okay, well, what, what would happen in this situation? Okay, so Derek, the father, goes to pick them up. It was arranged that they would be picked up around the time that Derek arrived. And then on top of that, he tried calling her at least twice. Nobody answered the phone. He walks around looking for them on the trails, does not find them, and then notifies Becky. Becky's the grandmother who gave permission to Libby to go to that area that day, provided that she had someone to drop them off and someone to pick them up, and that those the drop-off and pick-up were pre-arranged. That was part of the rules. So as soon as he notifies Becky, 
it's a very quick call from Becky to Kelsey to go, did you, did you in fact drop the girls off? Are you still with the girls? Mm -hmm. And then you hear from Kelsey. Yes, they were dropped off. I'm at, no, I'm at my boyfriend's house. I'm getting ready to go to work. It's not crazy to believe how much longer after that, do they see the Snapchat photo of, of video proof evidence, picture evidence of Abby on the bridge. And then you're there looking for him and you're going, Oh my God, they, they were here. Nobody's seen them. What the hell's going on? And mind you, it's February. Well, I, it's going to get dark between five thirty and six o'clock that night. Mm-hmm. Well, and I also think sometimes you just have a gut feeling, right? And that gut feeling is telling you something bad happened, or is the picture of bridge guy also in the Snapchat feed? So you see uh, some pictures of them at the park. You see them going over the bridge. And then the next picture you see is just of a of a man. That would be alarming for any Terrifying. father or any uh, parental figure. Well, and not only that, even if they didn't see him on any of the uh, of her social media stuff, mm-hmm. which which I don't I don't think that they did. But again, we don't we can't say one hundred percent. Mike Patty arrives on the scene around five o'clock. We know that once he gets there, he goes to the Mears property. And while on the mayor's property, he's calling a friend of his who is a police officer. Mm. We don't know what that conversation is, but you don't have to have much bigger of a brain than I got to figure out what they probably talked about. It's probably a friend calling in, asking for advice, going, look, man, um, I'm over here by Monon High Bridge over at the park area. Been looking for my granddaughter. We can't find her. We only dropped her off about 130 to 145, so it's not been that long what should I do? Should I report her missing? Should I just sit tight? What do I do? And that's just, he probably got some good friend advice who's saying, you know what? You got nothing to lose by reporting her missing. Right. So hopefully you report her missing and you find her 15 minutes later and we can call the whole thing off. Yeah. But it was right. It was getting, it was going to get dark though. And it was February. And yeah, so I don't think that they answer on our phone. I mean, we live in an age that we're all connected and so you can text somebody, they'll text you back within minutes, or you can call their She's phone. not responding to anything. And I know right. I went on this long rant, Captain, but you said the most important thing out of that whole that whole deal there. It's a little girl. It's a child. Mm-hmm. It's a child. So It's your baby. I mean, and it doesn't matter. Look, uh, it could be a 20-year-old that went missing. When it's your baby, it's, it's, it doesn't matter that they're 20 or 30 or 40 years old or whatever they are, right? It's mm-hmm. still your baby. The evidence keeps pouring in. At this point, the facts are undeniable. It's an open and shut case. Monopoly Go is the most fun you can have in a mobile game. Everyone is still talking about Monopoly Go for a good reason. It is an absolute hit. Millions of people pass Go every day because this game is always bringing something new to the table. Like countless crazy tournaments, you can join with your friends as partners or teams. Or timed events, offering bonuses like massive multipliers or rent frenzies to help you get huge rewards. And there's so many rewards to discover. Rare stickers you can trade with friends to complete albums. Delightful emojis to taunt people with when you raid their riches. Unique playing pieces and so much more. The verdict is in. With Monopoly Go, there's something new to discover every time you play. So don't miss out. Go download it now free on the App Store and Google Play. 
Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL Learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited-time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with factors no prep, no mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. 
with 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor, and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem, and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch, and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Now, I did see some reports regarding cell phones, okay? so And I'm not talking about Libby or Abby's cell phone. I'm talking about cell phones of persons who were in the area around the Monon High Bridge that day, within that short window of time of when they went missing. Maybe, maybe even back it up a few hours beforehand, maybe even back it up an hour and a half or so afterwards. Mm-hmm. Remember, they were interested in the car that could have been there as long as from noon to five. Uh, so the the report that I saw about this, I found it to be incredibly interesting because it, it kind of can take you down two different roads here, right? So the the statement that I saw was that they being law they being law enforcement have reviewed everybody's phones that were pinging in that general area. They've spoke to all of those individuals. So that can take you two ways with, with your thinking on who are, who is bridge guy. Did he not bring a phone with him or, or I guess have it turned off? Yeah. Did, did he not bring a phone with him to that area that day? Yeah. Or the interesting other thought about that is remember the statement from the last press conference on April 22nd where they very clearly say, we may have spoken to you already, bridge guy. When they're talking to bridge guy, they say, we may have already talked to you. Yeah. And then you go, so that works both ways. That that statement's probably very true. They've spoke to everybody's cell phone who was pinging in that area that day. And it's either one of two things. Either this guy didn't bring his phone with him, or they've already interviewed him. Yeah, so two things. One if the individual turned their phone off before they got into the area, that is a well-organized person. Um, would make me feel like it would be difficult for them to get caught. Also, discipline. I would think that even if this is the first attack or the first murders by this individual, that they, they're disciplined enough to um, wait out for the right opportunity. But back to what you're saying about the press conference, when he says they might be in this room, I think that's like the scariest line of the whole part. You know, we might have talked to you. You might be in this room right now. 
and that I think that's the that every time I watch that um, press conference, it gives you chills and and just like the weird weird actions. Uh, not I don't want to say weird, but like there's a, there's a nervousness in his presentation where you kind of wonder does he see somebody that's making him that way? It's a very well, the, strange press conference. The uh, yeah, that was uh, you and I talked about that w- within hours or even a couple days of that press conference. Yeah. And one thing you were pointing out, you're like, well, when he said this person might even be in the room, is there somebody in the room that he is means specifically that he saw somebody in the room that he does not like for any number of reasons, whether they're not being cooperative in the investigation or there's some other form of dirt bag or whatever. Is is he just yeah. upset with that person's presence or do we have a situation where they've really done their homework on this and said, you know what? We've talked about the strategy of the super cop. We've talked about the strategy of publicly calling the killer a coward and calling him a loser and all other different kinds of things you can call him. There's a strategy in that. Is there anything where he's going, you know what? I have to play a specific role during this speech, during this press conference. And could that have been too much for him? Maybe could it have put him on edge a little bit? Maybe I thought he did a hell of a job. I I don't know exactly what he was supposed to be portraying there, but I think that that was, I think the words of that were not only planned out. I think where they appeared in order was extremely timed out planned out as well. I think his demeanor was somewhat uh, decided upon in advance. That, you know, don't be afraid to lean into the podium, to look aggressive. Right. Don't be afraid to appear to get angry at certain points during your statement. Don't, don't, aff- don't be afraid to, to throw out a sentence and leave a long pause between to the next one. Don't be afraid to, to be theatrical with some of it. I think there was a lot of, a lot going on there. It's. I, you know, I give, I want to give him a, a, a lot of kudos there because it's a lot for one person to do. Yeah. There were other law enforcement there present that day, obviously a lot of them just standing in the background and, and this guy had to do it all by himself with the, with the whole, the whole presentation there. And I thought he did a fantastic job. Um, but I, but it also goes back to what you were talking about earlier, the, the motives, the method of operation, the how organized could this killer be? Personally, I think he's probably extremely organized to the point where I think he planned out where he parked his vehicle. Mm-hmm. I think that I think he put thought into not only stepping foot onto the crime scene, but also fleeing the crime scene. And the placement of his vehicle was thought out as such that it, it has to bode well for both of those scenarios. Then on top of that, I think the reason for the baggy clothing on top and, and the multiple layers on top is he brought everything with him that day to kill somebody. He brought everything that he thought he was going to need in that scenario to kill somebody. And it's all concealed under those layers. And that might be another reason why he may appear to be chubbier or more heavy set than what he yeah. actually is. And again, we might just be getting a bad a bad look at this guy. And again, I think they're giving us the best look that they got from her, her footage. Now there, there is one interesting part in there. If you really slow that, that, that small clip down, 
there's a part where it looks like somebody may have blocked something out from that picture that may, may for just a split second that we saw something that the public is not supposed to see. I don't know if it would have been a weapon or, or, or something else. It would have to be something significant. It wouldn't be something, there's no reason for them to, to disguise this individual anyway. So they're not trying to, to stop us from seeing him from mm-hmm. seeing bridge guy. But I, I think that they're concealing something there that might be the gun as he approached the girls. Mm-hmm. The other thing that I want to address here real quick is, is a couple things. We, John Douglas, you know, my hero, you're my hero, <laughs> John Douglas, you're my hero. I still think uh, we should, uh, the Wayne's world. We're not worthy. Yeah. We're, not worthy. We're uh, scum. I saw a, a short interview with him after the 422 press conference and th- look it was one of those interviews you ever see like an interview where the you know john's just standing there it was supposed to be just a casual real quick interview mm-hmm. but you ever see one where they they have the interview they've clearly brought it back to the news station they've cut it up the way that they want to cut it up but instead of just letting you view the entire interview they're you're getting the news anchor that just talks the whole time and they'll show a very quick little answer of his. I would have loved to have heard everything he had to say about his thoughts on who Bridge Guy is and what's going on with the investigation. But the one thing he did say, which which was fascinating, but it's also not like it, it's not like the most brilliant thought that nobody else would have thought of. But when he heard the audio of guys down the hill, guys down the hill. He was saying that the the casualness of choosing the word guys, it he said it almost felt to him like it was somebody that was used to talking to people of that age, yeah, addressing a, a group of people in that age, and he almost felt like it was like like something he would expect to hear a teacher say, yes. you know, guys, look, come on, bus driver, yeah, guys, cut it out, right. guys, all right, it's time to come inside, you know, something like that. Um, I found that interesting one for, for multiple reasons, but, but one, just the simple fact of who would have been available at that same time bridge guy. That's the thing in their profile. When they're talking about identifying who the suspect could be, who bridge guy could be, this is somebody that was unaccounted for, for a certain period of time on February 13th, 2017. This is somebody who have may have made up an excuse why they were accounted for during that time. Here's the other problem, though. This is where law enforcement may have just got unlucky. This also may be a guy that did not need to be accounted for that day mm-hmm. for any number of reasons. Maybe Meaning he doesn't have anybody to answer to. Maybe li- he has nobody lives to. Alone. He lives alone, works for himself, was unemployed. You know, mm-hmm. there's there's a bunch of reasons why he wouldn't have anybody to works answer to. Yeah. In a garage. Yeah. Yeah. With his friend, with his, who his can't remember what day it is. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but no, these are all reasons why law enforcement might just be simply unlucky at this moment, and Bridge Guy is getting lucky. His, his, I hate his, Bridge Guy. His luck will run out. His luck will run out. But mm-hmm. the reason why I point this out is there's starting to be as soon as that second sketch came out. There's starting to be a lot of people that have concern now with the investigation and with the state of the investigation. Well, it seems like a incompetence. Right. Right. And and I look, I don't know what to make of the two sketches. I'm just pointing out that that it's possible that 
what some people may be thinking is them being incompetent might just be bad luck at the moment. Might just be bad luck at the moment. The other thing, too, that I want to point out with being organized or disorganized, again, I think whatever he thought he was going to need to carry out this crime, he brought with him that day. He brought with him, that was on his person. Now, that tells you several things about the, the makeup of this individual. He may have very likely have gone there with the intention of killing that day. We don't know what else he did to the victims, but we also can't expect that he went in there planning that he was going to kill two victims Mm -hmm. that day. That might not have been part of his plan. It might just have been like we stated earlier that he was looking for someone to put themselves in a compromised position at the other side of that bridge. And if he was looking for a female, he does not have to be a pedophile or a registered sex offender to have committed these murders. He may have just been looking for a female, may have even gone there hoping to see an adult female jogger by themselves Mm -hmm. and attack them, but did did not find his victim, did not find whoever fit his victimology. And he saw these two girls who... I think his victim, his victimology is more so of whoever would be compromised, would be alone and would be, give him the better percentage of getting away with this rather than having a a specific victim in mind. Does that make sense? Or did I get too weird with it? I think it makes sense. Basically you're saying that he's going to go there. He's going to find the opportunity as long as they fit a certain criteria that's good to know. Yeah, because I've had many good conversations with several people over great beers on this case because this case is so captivating right now. It's on everybody's minds. And some of the people have said, well, you know, not only do we have the video and the audio, but we know that we're looking for a killer. We know that we're looking for a pedophile. I don't think that we know that. I don't Mm -hmm. think we know that that last part. I don't even even think if we know the first part. I think... You know, to be on these trails, and let's go down this road just for a second. To go on those trails, you have you might you might just be an individual that carries a gun with you. To to go on these trails to be an outdoors person, you might just carry a knife with you. Is it is it possible? Um, I I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. After two years. With all the information that we have, we have video footage, we have audio footage, we have these sketches, we have eyewitnesses, um, we have a lot of things going on there. Is it possible that th- this individual, uh, this was their first time, uh, and and this has been their only time so far because uh, how how scared they are now that they're going to get caught. Well, certainly possible. Um, yeah, I don't want to play the possibility game because there's yeah the, everything's you get, possible. You get into trouble. I I like to look at what we what we think we know, what what we do know first, what we think we know, or what we can surmise by putting other facts together. But I was trying to put out that evidence. I mean, to me, that mean it means something that we're this far along. We have this many people talking about it, and sometimes it feels as if we have nothing. You know, so like I'm saying it's not out of the realm of possibility that somebody's on the trail that day with certain items. Um, 
but uh, but but I don't know. I think this personally. I think this guy had a kill kit with him. I think it was concealed underneath those layers of clothing, and I don't think it's the first time that he threw that kill kit in his vehicle or put it on his person and went walking around. I I agree with with your statement that he, he very likely may have never killed anybody before and may I, not I have so. afterward. Mm. John Douglas says you don't just wake up one day and go out and kill two kids. So I think I think what's probably correct is somewhere between your statement and John Douglas's statement. I'm going to go with my statement. And here's I mean, the thing: what's if, his credentials? If if this guy is, if Bridge guy is, was 18 or 19 at the time. Remember, we have mm-hmm. we have from 18 to 40 years old. If he was 18 or 19 at the time. I'm going to go with you, Captain. That it's very likely that he's never committed. He's never committed a murder before. If he's closer to 39 or 40 at the time, I feel like he's either committed a murder before or has attempted to, or or, or attack somebody in some right. some fashion, where maybe maybe he was out scaring the hell out of people one day, or right. and it doesn't have to take place in Delphi. It could take place elsewhere. It's it's just one of those things. It, it seems very strange to me that for what I believe he would have need to have brought with him to the bridge that day. Seems like a lot. Seems like a quite a bit of stuff to bring with you to, to the point where I I have to call it a murder kit. I have to call it that. So I necessarily don't think he had to bring a lot. I mean, you if he had a gun, you can control them. Uh, but based off their age, maybe you can control them just with a knife. Maybe you, all you have to do is have one individual, and then the other one's just going to do what you say because you have the uh, individual under lock. So you could control both victims with uh, a knife. Uh, that's a possibility. Riskier, but you know, as far as what we know, we don't know what the person's. It's not like they, you know, the murders happen where they happen because because they had to happen that place. Um, or that, you know, or that the guy got spooked. We don't know any of that information. I mean, it's very likely that that's the case. Uh, where was he heading with these individuals? Maybe it was just across the river. Maybe it wasn't. Uh, These are, these are questions we don't have answers for. Yeah. And I, and I don't want to go too far down the road that we're currently on because look, I, we, we, we know that he abducted them at some point. We know that they were killed and we know that he fled, fled that area. I don't want to spend too much time on what could have happened, what could have been going on from the time he abducted him to the time he left. Right. Um, I have a lot of thoughts on that and, 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 and feelings on that and suspicions, but I don't, I don't, it's not something that I'm very comfortable in this area discussing. It, it, it does us not a whole lot of good. Because it's stuff we don't, we just don't know. Right. We just don't know. But I, I, I will say this. I believe that this individual, that bridge guy, went to that area that day, prepared to kill, and knowing that he very likely might kill somebody there that day. I don't think that the girls were targeted in a sense that he met them there or that he followed them from anywhere 
or that he knew either of them beforehand. I think he was there scoping and looking for a victim. Just like a hunter would sit there looking, waiting for a prey. He was there that day, prepared to do what he came to do. And if something presented itself, he was going to make a move. So I I think he can be considered organized in the sense that, that he... He seems to be one prepared to do whatever it was that, that he was motivated to do. Uh-huh. He was organized enough that we don't have a vehicle description. Uh-huh. He, you can argue the cell phone thing either way. Maybe he was smart enough to know, Hey, I don't want to risk bringing these things with me. Right. Uh, or is there a chance he thought he heard something or he got spooked and, and, and intended to, to take the cell phones with him. But, got spooked and ran out of there faster than he wanted to. And then he gets back to his car, gets home or wherever. And in in a half hour later, he's going, Oh, I, fuck, I forgot the cell phones. So I think you could argue that either way, or he was smart enough to know that he didn't want that, that thing with him. It also appears that he very likely may not have been carrying his phone with him at the time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. This, this is, it's, it's, a, it's a very, Interesting case in the sense that it's one that you feel like you should have so much information and you really, you really just don't. And when you really put the timeline together and you start looking at a map of this area, I encourage everybody to do that because if anybody's sitting there and they're confused about the case, mm-hmm. that should end it right there. The timeline in a, in a general map of, of the area will provide you with a lot of ways to it's going to help you kind of see how this thing probably played out and how very quickly everything moved along that day. It's also 100% horrifying and terrifying to think that, look, this wasn't, this was not a dangerous area. This was not like a place that you wouldn't allow your young teenage girls to go to. This was somebody that, and, and I think that's why he chose this area. I think he chose it for a couple reasons. One, I think he thought he would very likely find somebody by themselves. Not only would they be by themselves, but this is an area that it's not like you're not seeing a lot of what's going on. You're not near a whole bunch of houses where you might hear what's going on. And then on top of that, he picks, it picks a time of day when it's likely to have fewer people there than, than most. He may or may not have known that there was going to be school that day or not be school that day. So, so here we are now, Captain, over two years later. You and I, there's nothing more that I know about the case that you don't know. There might be some things you, you were kind of, you kind of just let me go this last 20 minutes. I'm wondering if there's things about the case you know that I don't know. Well, there's a possible another suspect um, that is kind of on the undersurface. Another guy with a bulbous nose. Um, he he's the, I believe he was a firefighter, and he, I guess, at some point was to be connected with the searches for the girls, and he was arrested for, I think, whipping out his. He whipped out his cock, in, in cock and decent balls. exposure. Yeah. Um, how, how recent is this arrest? Um, 
I haven't looked much into it. Uh, I've, I've been it, is is he a look? It, it's, he's, he's from Lafayette. Okay, so he's clearly under the radar as far as the mass population goes, right? Because all these other people, their names have been put out there, really yeah. put out there. So he's under the radar as far as mass population goes. But is this, I know his name, but I'm not. I'm not putting it out. Right? Is this a more recent arrest? Was he? Is he just very recently an under the radar suspect, or or has he been an under the radar suspect for quite some time? I think he's been under the radar for quite some time. That this um, indecent exposure may have may have happened shortly after the. Yeah, may have happened but, as early as 2017. But that's what I find interesting about um, uh, this individual is. One, I could see him um, being um, um, bridge guy. I could see that. Uh, also, if if it's true about the 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 reddish hair, reddish brown hair, uh, matches that description. Also has the bulbous nose. Um, so yeah, it um, it would be a possibility. Not too young and not too old of an individual but i'll show you this picture when when we're done here i know it's muffled but when you hear that voice do you put an age or a ballpark age on that voice no i feel like to me i feel like both the the image that i'm seeing and the voice that i'm hearing sounds to me to be less of a window than 18 to 40 i feel like i'm talking about somebody more like 29 to 40 30 mm. to 40 that's just but but i have nothing to base that off of uh, off of other than my own feeling but right. speaking of feelings over two years later you and i know almost the exact same stuff about the case mm-hmm. after the last press conference some people change their opinions on what's going on with the investigation do you think, do you feel how, what is your confidence level on this case getting solved? Or as some have come out recently and said, I have no faith now. And I feel like they, they may never get this guy. Well, what I'm hoping is, um, I, I saw this thing where they, they should make t-shirts and sell these, uh, for Delphi, uh, to raise money. But they always say today's the day. And they say that they say that every day. Yeah, uh, let today let today be the day. Right, let today's the day. And and the idea is that yeah, they've been wrong quite a bit, but one day uh, that's going to be right. And you know, it's uh, I think it's you feel bad for them, and we've met them, and we got to talk to them, talk to them, and look them in the eye and and it becomes more real and I can't even imagine when, what they're when going you say through. them do you want to be more specific well the family the yeah. family members and so I, I hope so but I what I hope is that there's enough hope from the family and the community that somehow it just lets the universe works it you know work its magic and and this screws up something and out of nowhere you know it's kind of like the golden state killer type thing it's like somehow the universe was like okay now we can connect dna to family members and boom this guy that seemed to 
be somebody that would would never catch. We got him, and I, and I hope that you know people can. I know that seems a little hocus pocus to some people, but I think if you have the enough people thinking that this is going to get solved, that well, well, we all hope that that it gets solved. I think the 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 real question is: Do do either of us feel that it will? What's our confidence level that it will? How soon do do you put do you put a timestamp on that thing? You know, there's really only one person that hopes that it doesn't get solved, and that's the guy that we're calling Bridge Guy. Now, I feel I've not lost my confidence level in this investigation. I've not lost my confidence level even after a different sketch, a very much different sketch came out. Mm-hmm. What I wouldn't mind seeing, Captain, if they could apply it for us, we have a sketch of what appears to be a younger man, uh, that being the second sketch. I would love to see that second sketch, that same image, that same person that I'm, I'm seeing in that second sketch, maybe with a hood on, a hat on, uh, a hoodie on some some dress that appears to be more like the first sketch because what we're seeing on the bridge there is a guy wearing a jacket and possibly a hat or possibly a hoodie. I would like to see something like that. Um, we did take a little little criticism of not playing the audio of guys down the hill. A few people had suggested we probably should have included that in the last episode. I N short for Indiana, in.gov. If you type that in and look it up, you get you get the you get the sketch, the most recent sketch, you get the image of Bridge Guy, you get several different pieces of audio there all on the front page. You get the video and it also includes that website address for the Abby and Libby tip at caco.shrf.com as well as some phone numbers there. But keep in mind, the, the sheriff have stated that they their preferred method of receiving any tips would be email form. That way it's easier for them to categorize these things, catalog them, keep track of everything, keep track of the proper information. That would be the most helpful way. I still feel like, Captain, maybe this thing could be solved. I have a high level of confidence in that. I also have a high confidence level that it... That it might be very soon that it, that it could be within the next year and a half. I think we just have to be patient with law enforcement with this and trust them. I think they are handling it very well. And I think that as long as the, the public continues to help that this thing will get solved and it, and when they do finally make that arrest, that news is going to be big that's going to be big. And it's it's interesting that you reference the Golden State Killer or Ears or Ons or the original Night Stalker, mm-hmm. all the different names that that horrible monster had because of his reign of terror lasted so long and he had so many victims. But it was believed in that case that that we had audio. We had we had his voice that we may have had his picture. And just the evidence that was involved in that was almost as such that people were going, how could this not be solved? How could this not be solved? And here we are sitting here with Libby and Abby's case. Same thing. We got the picture. We got the audio. We got a short video. It, it it just takes that one person 
And I know that sounds, I know people are probably tired of hearing that, but that's, that's what it is. That's the state of the case right now. I believe they got the DNA. I believe they're just waiting on checking it against the right person. And I also believe in this case too, Captain, this is something we won't have to get too far into, but we also agreed off, off the record that Mm. there's a chance that when this thing, when they do make the, the arrest that the public might not be such aware of it right away, that there might be some things that they need to do, want to do behind the scenes before that information gets presented to us. Yeah. To be clear about this, our idea was that it's possible that they have somebody that they've already arrested for another crime and maybe they've done some testing or, or eventually will do some testing. But even if there's a match with the DNA, they might not actually make an announcement. They might spend another four weeks to maybe even eight weeks. I mean, if it's gone two years. The, the key is not making their arrest, like law enforcement has said. The key is not to make the arrest. The key is to make the arrest and to get, uh, get a conviction. Right. And if you have somebody that is on lockup right now with no, no real chance of getting out anytime soon, you have time to work on the individual. If there's, there's reason to believe, and we won't get into it too far, but there's, there's plenty of reason to believe that even if they do have DNA and have a match there, that they would not mind having a confession on top of that or further evidence. And on behalf of myself and the captain, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for telling a friend. Thank you to this week's sponsors. Join us back here in the garage next week. Until then, please be good, be kind, and don't live. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting you're working hard real hard and you're thirsty you need vitamins nutrients for peak performance and energy and your plants do too Aw, let me just look at the little guy water soluble plant food from miracle grow is full of essential nutrients just a little scoop into your watering can and boom instant feeding and bigger more beautiful plants it's kind of like a sports drink for your plants you may have to suffer from heat but your plants do not